After leaving teaching because of some serious burnout, she vowed to build the community she wished existed when she needed it most. She went from classroom teacher to an educational consultant, instructional designer, and six-figure business owner. Now, she's here to help you achieve happiness and work-life balance, whether inside or outside the classroom. Come join our discussion as we talk about managing teacher burnout, career transitions outside the classroom, starting a side hustle, and everything in between. Here's your host of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast and your new personal cheerleader, Daphne Gomez. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Daphne Williams. In this episode, I talk to Jane Green, a certified holistic health coach and creator of Health Space. She specializes in overcoming stress through mind, movement, and nutrition, and has actually been coaching me this year. By working with Jane, her clients are able to identify the root causes of their stress and implement self-care strategies to feel more balanced, energized, grounded, and fulfilled. I know that so many people, especially teachers, can benefit from this episode, so I hope you'll tune in to the very end to hear all of her best tips. Hey Jane, how are you doing today? Hi, Daphne. I'm so excited to be here. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so happy to have you on because I know that you have so much experience when it comes to helping people alleviate stress and find ways to battle their stress. And I think that it's going to be a really great segment for teachers to listen to. The first thing I wanted to start off with was just a brief introduction to who you are and your expertise in this. Awesome. Let's get into it. So I'm a certified holistic health coach and creator of Health Space. Um, I specialize in helping women overcome stress through mind, movement, and nutrition. And by working together with me, um, my clients and I are able to identify, you know, the root causes of their stress and implement some self-care strategies for them to feel more balanced and energized, grounded and fulfilled and overall just really content with the life that they're living. So I always like to be really transparent with my audience. And I have actually been working directly with you with one-on-one coaching. And the reason why I reached out to you and I wanted to work with you is because I wanted to lose a significant amount of weight before my wedding at the end of this um, year. And we've been making some really great progress, but I'd like if you kind of talked openly about what that process has been like and what you were able to observe with me when I came in in January and basically where we're at today. Yes. Okay. So Daphne is like one of my favorite examples of the type of clients that I get. I love when people come in and they tell me, I want to lose 10 or 15 pounds. And it's like, great, we can do that. But let's dive a little bit deeper because it's not just about the weight and it's not just about, you know, the food that you're consuming. And so What I think was really great with you early on was that you had told me, you know, I really want to be back at this number. You had a number, a goal weight in mind. Um, And I had asked you, like, why do you want to be that weight? And so you kind of went into it. And I, at the end of that conversation, what you started to realize was it wasn't about the actual number on the scale. It was more so about how you felt in that moment. You weren't as stressed. You had a little bit more freedom, more balance in your life. And, 
you know, you were making time for yourself, caring for yourself, treating your body well, eating nutritious foods, there were, you know, a million different things that contributed to your overall happiness and well-being. Um, and I think once you came to that realization, we were able to start making some really great changes to your mindset. And we were also we also found out pretty early on that you were an emotional eater, which I I think I'm okay saying. Is that okay? Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I have, uh, I don't know how I spiraled into it, but in the past few years, I found myself kind of binge eating when I was stressed out or trying to avoid something, I would say, oh, well, I need to go make lunch or maybe I need to go make another snack because I didn't want to start a really big project or something that I didn't want to actually do. Yes, exactly. And um, you are very type A, Daphne, which is why you are just a very successful human being. And so you wanted me to give you the meal plan and tell you what you could and couldn't eat. Um, and I remember saying to you, like, a meal plan is not going to fix you, girl. We got to really figure out why you are deciding to, you know, eat the food that you're eating. And I think overall, Daphne, you eat pretty well. Um, it's just when you are either overly stressed or feeling a little bit down, that's when you kind of start gravitating towards unhealthier foods or eating too much. So, um, yeah, great progress. I'm so proud of you where you're at right now. Yeah, but I wanted to go even deeper into that is basically I came in in January and I had too many things on my plate, work-wise, business-wise, you know, teacher, career, coach, project-wise. And I was having, I would probably loosely describe like panic attacks and some you were melting emotional, down. yeah, that I was melting down when I, when I came to you and I came to you at the exact same time with a request of, I want to lose 15 pounds in three months. And my brain thought I can accomplish all of these things at the exact same time. And you helped me realize I needed to figure out the stress before anything else was ever going to be a long-term solution. And I think where a lot of my listeners are probably focusing on is maybe they wanted to work with a health coach, or maybe they just want to get back in shape or feel better or make better choices when it comes to what they're actually putting inside their bodies. But what they're not really focusing on taking care of is how do they start to take away some of those factors of stress from their life, especially those that they can't control. And that's mm. really why I wanted to bring you in here today, because the last two months, that has been our you know, main focus is just figuring out what stresses me out and how we can kind of remove ourselves from that. So thinking about from a teacher's perspective, I can probably list off 10 different things that stress out teachers. It's, you know, toxic work environments and really long work hours. It's the uncertainty, even with COVID going on, if they're going to be in-person or hybrid teaching. But what type of impact does all the stress actually have on a person's body? So to start off, I do want to point out that not all stress is bad, right? Some stress is good. That's kind of what gets us up in the morning, gets us to our job, or if we are in danger, you know, prevents us from something serious happening. So not all of it is bad. Um, 
the stress that you're talking about though is slightly problematic. So what happens is someone starts to feel stressed. There is a rise in their cortisol. Then they go into this fight or flight response. The heart rate increases, the breathing rate increases, and all of this blood starts to flow to the muscles. And therefore, their appetite increases to supply body with fuel and to mitigate that fight or flight response. And then that's when you really start seeing the increase of cravings of sweetened salty foods and more comfort foods. The impact of stress, like short term, I would say, is that fight or flight response. And there's uh, inflammation in the body that happens. And it becomes really problematic when, um, or I guess, sorry, let me go back. So some short term effects of stress would be emotional exhaustion, insomnia, fatigue, brain fog, weakened immune system, anxiety, depression, all of that type of stuff. But when it when it's lingering, right, when that stress continues on, that's when it becomes really problematic. And that's when people start to become burned out. And that's what we want to prevent. The problem with burnout, though, is that a lot of people don't even realize they're burned out until they're already there for quite some time. I get concerned about it because with ongoing stress, there's this inflammation that is underneath the skin. So you can't really see it. And over time, it starts to manifest itself in different ways. So autoimmune disease is like one thing that comes to mind right away, obesity, infertility, I mean, the list goes on and on, which is why it's so important to learn how to cope, because you're always going to experience stress in your life, right? Life is not sunshine and butterflies and rainbows all the time. So we need to know what coping looks like for ourselves so that we can quickly and easily get back into a state of balance. And there are, I mean, there are so many different ways that stress has impacted me, not just in this last year, but one of the reasons why I ended up actually leaving teaching altogether is I was in a very toxic work environment with kind of some adult bullying going on on top of micromanaging and it ended up impacting my body to the point that I was having emotional and physical reactions driving to school every day. There were days that I was breaking down bawling, but because that prolonged stress was like inside of my body for so long, I was going to the doctor for stress-related illnesses on a pretty frequent basis where there were a lot of times where I wasn't sure if something even more severe was actually going on with me And we had to go through a lot of tests and many of the doctors ended up just telling me this is due to long periods, like prolonged periods of stress. And so where people kind of take stress like a badge of honor, like, oh, well, my job's really hard and I knew that this job was hard and this is just part of it. That is something that we absolutely want to avoid. It's not normal to feel this way on a daily basis. And it's definitely not normal to feel this way for months and years at a time. No. And let me tell you something, the body does not lie. So if there is stuff going on with your body, that is a sign from the universe, from God, whomever you believe in, and from your body that it's time to figure this stuff out. You know, I think society in general and you know the work environment and whatnot makes us feel like we constantly need to be going in order to be you know defined as successful whatever that means and that's not true you know the work is really to be in the stillness that is much harder than doing all of the things and being extremely stressed out and when you're 80 like was it really worth it i don't know 
I want to dive into one thing that happened and on one of the coaching calls that we had that was really impactful for me. You were just kind of asking me what was going on in my day or how my day was going. And I was explaining to you this was happening and this wasn't working. And, you know, this email didn't send out or I had 300 emails that I needed to read. And I was kind of listing things off in a way that you noticed something physically about my body. Do you remember that yes. call that we had? Yes. Do you want to describe what happened and how you helped me? Are you talking about when I made you stop and we did the whole little breathing exercise and guided meditation? Is that what you're referring to? Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay. Because, <laughs> because it was so impactful and it helped me so much. But when I was in the thick of it, that's not a natural thing for me to have thought to do. And I'd love if you just kind of shared what you saw and, and what you guided me through. Yes. Yeah, so uh, for more context, Daphne and I meet over Zoom um, every week. And, you know, most of the time she's pretty happy and I, I can read her really well. But this case in this um, specific instance, she she jumped on and I could tell that something was not right. Her eyes were bugging, the shoulders were to the ears. She was like pretty red in the chest. And she, I, I'm not joking, she was talking a million miles an hour. And I, I was like really overwhelmed by everything she was sharing. No joke. I stopped her. I said, all right, we are going to do some breathing and let's do a guided meditation and let's pretend like you're in a field. And I took her through this whole experience for a good 10 minutes. And when I had her open her eyes, I could see the immediate relief of, yes, there are a million things to do, but they don't all have to get done today. And I am contributing to the stress. So I just got to chill out. And I think, you know, breathing in general, and some people don't love meditation, but that is such a great way to get you back in real time. And I love that because I think in the context of a teacher in the classroom, maybe they have 30 students and they're having some classroom management issues. And I can remember how things would escalate and feel out of control. And one practice that I know a lot of teachers have been implementing is you know, social emotional learning for students or guided meditation for students or breathing exercises for students. And this is a great way to kind of tie that. And if you feel yourself getting out of control, having the entire class calm down and just take a few big, deep breaths and just focusing and being present in the moment to kind of reset the temperature and give yourself a chance to stay grounded and not let your body get out of control. Yeah, I, I honestly think it's the best thing. And I'm so happy to hear that this is being implemented within the classroom. I think we don't do a good enough job um, as a society in general and teaching people how to just cope. And so the fact that these teachers are you know, doing these guided meditations and breathing techniques is really inspiring. And I feel a little hopeful for our, um, our future. But yes, like, I personally love the 478 breathing technique. It only takes four breaths, you breathe in for four seconds, holding the breath at the top for seven seconds, and then exhaling through the mouth for eight seconds, one hand on the belly, one hand on the heart, closing the eyes. I mean, you do four or five of these, I instantly feel better. So working with you, we don't just talk about stress. There's actually a couple of different categories of how you support me as a holistic health coach. Do you want to talk about how your practices run or what your philosophy is on health? Yes. So 
I will preface it by saying that the health and fitness industry as a whole makes us feel like we have to eat a certain way, we have to follow a certain meal plan, we need to exercise for you know a certain amount of time and um, exercise like really hard, right, to be healthy, and that is just not the case. So my philosophy, one, is bioindividuality, meaning that what works for me probably doesn't work for you, right? Our bodies are completely different. Um, which is one of the reasons why meal plans don't work. They're not sustainable. They leave out, you know, entire food groups for one. And you might be able to digest certain foods differently than I can. So that's why I definitely stress no meal plans. Um, and then in terms of exercise, you that again is <laughs> very individualized for the specific person. I know Daphne, like you are a huge runner. Um, good for you. I wish I could run, but that is just, that doesn't work for me. I feel like my body's going to break. So my whole thing is that we each have to treat our bodies separately um, and really learn how to tune in and figure out what our body needs for that specific day. The other thing that I believe in when it comes to nutrition, because, you know, for myself, I, I had an eating disorder. Um, due to, you know, outside factors, I would say, and I was a restrictive eater, I was a binge eater, I was an emotional eater. And I don't like restricting foods that that puts me in a total tailspin. So what I like to focus on is the idea of crowding out. So what that means is that we, the goal is to eat as many whole foods as possible, fruits, vegetables, legumes, whole grains, and the more that we eat, we what tends to happen is you start crowding out the unhealthy food. So those are two things in terms of nutrition that I believe in. And then the other thing is, you know, looking at your primary and secondary foods. So when I say primary foods, that is everything else that feeds you in your life, whether that be your relationships, your career, your finances, your physical activity, your spirituality. When there is an imbalance in your primary food, there's always an imbalance in your secondary food, the actual food that goes into your mouth. So we want to see what isn't balanced in your life, because that's probably why your food isn't balanced either. And for me, it was stress and how much I was working. I was prioritizing my business and work over personal relationships, social relationships, and just my own personal well-being. Right. And that's why there was an imbalance in your food, right? You weren't feeding all of the areas of your life the same. And I think it's really interesting because I have felt like I was successful, you know, quote unquote, successful at handling these things on my own in the past. But we just get so, you know, backed into a corner or it, it starts to become something that we don't really feel like we have control of at a certain point. And that's really why I thought I needed to reach out and have an expert actually help me in a way that you feel very much like a therapist where you're, you're helping me uncover why do I feel like I don't have control over whether or not I drank that bottle of wine or I had five slices of pizza when no one was looking. Right, right. And and that's the work, right? The, the work is to become um, self-aware and so that in the moment you can quickly identify, okay, why am I craving this pizza? Do I actually want the pizza 
Or am I feeling a little bad for myself? Or do I feel like it's a time to celebrate, right? So becoming so self-aware that you can identify in that moment if that's something that you actually want to be eating or not. just hearing it, it sounds so simple. Like, okay, well, now that I know that strategy, I'm going to use it. But it's after it's become a pattern or a repetition, it's going to be a practice. It's going to take some time. What kinds of tips would you have for people who have kind of fallen into the same trap that I've been falling in when it comes to nutrition, where they're really emotionally eating? And let's just say it's due to classroom stressors or just not enjoying their career anymore. So they're packing lunches or they're eating unhealthy lunches or unhealthy and quick prepared dinners because I don't feel like they have time. Great question. So I I can answer that in so many ways. The short answer would be to start small, right? And it's never too late. So you might feel like you're so far gone. You There's no hope you're ever going to come back. And that's just not the case. You can always You can always start. There's no better time than now. I think just starting with one small goal. So maybe that goal is to drink more water throughout that day, or you're going to have a salad with every meal, or you're going to have, you know, a fruit in the morning, and then you're going to have some sort of vegetable with lunch. Starting small is where you're going to see the most progress. And then once that becomes habit for you, then you can start implementing a little bit more. The other thing that I want to say, though, is if you feel like you're so far gone because of all of these outside factors, let's start doing some soul searching and figuring out what's really going on. So I know for you, Daphne, in one of our sessions not that long ago, I said, what does your ideal life look like? And you couldn't really answer me because you've been on autopilot just trying to get all of these things done. You haven't had a second to pause and actually think, okay, this is what's important to me. This is what I want to prioritize. And so, you know, for all the teachers out there who want to make a shift in their health, the question is, why? What's the ultimate goal? Yeah, the goal might be to lose 10 pounds, but what else? Is it to feel more confident in your own skin? Is it to, you know, relieve some stress so that you aren't snapping at your husband or your kids anymore? Like, let's get down to the nitty gritty because once you have that answer, you will be more driven to put your health and your diet first. I love that. And I love that you brought it up because I didn't even realize it, honestly, when you asked me to start writing down and journaling, like what I wanted my ideal life to be like, I had just been thinking about all the projects I wanted to accomplish and all the things I wanted to do. But I didn't have an end goal of like, okay, cool. What happens after that? Am I just going to add a hundred more projects? Is it just a like spiral of just constant projects that will never end for the rest of my life? Or is there a purpose behind doing all these things within a certain time frame? And if there isn't, what can I scale back? And what do I want next week to look like? Like what would make me happy? And for me, what would make me happy is I had to prioritize, you know, spending more time with my fiance. I had to prioritize taking away some social media, even though that was a big part of helping this project. And I just had to prioritize adding more physical activity into my day because that is something that actually has always brought me a lot of joy, not a lot of stress. For me, even if I do feel not so great physically, I actually very much enjoy physical activity. 
And I know that that's not the case for every person. I wanted to actually talk about that for a second. I know that you have some great tips for physical activity when it comes to different types of personalities. Do you want to dive into that for a second? Yes. So before I dive into that, I want to talk a little bit about like your self-care toolkit. And that's something that I definitely try to work on with my clients, either one-on-one or in our group session. And so for Daphne, one of her self-care tools, you could say, was getting into nature and moving. Um, That is something that really brings her back into alignment. It balances her a lot just to be outside in the fresh air amongst some trees and some mountains. So um, in terms of physical activity and personalities and body types and whatnot, I definitely tend to follow more Ayurvedic practices, which that could be a total other separate podcast episode in itself because um, I'm super passionate about Ayurvedic health. But basically, right, the goal in your life is to be balanced and we're never going to we're never going to be completely balanced. You might be thrown off. Right. So you have to get back into balance. So with Ayurvedic health. Um, if you are somebody who is like, I'll just use you, for example, Daphne, super high energy, a super type A, um, I don't know, like very into work. There's a bunch of other things. You're also taller and um, broader boned, right? So for you, what brings you back into balance is um, slower movements. So yoga and Pilates, right? I know you love to run and that's an outlet for yourself, but you are already so high stressed because of your type A personality um, and work ethic that we need to bring you back into balance with something that's a little calmer. And then for my people who are a bit more grounded, more cerebral, if you will, slower paced, um, that's when you can start doing those like weightlifting, more cardio driven exercises. Um, so it's very much yin yang, depending on your personality, you kind of want to do the opposite to bring you back into alignment. And this really ties into self care in general is if I say that I like to jog, you're not going to tell me I'm not going to go jogging. But just to know what else I can do to help me get grounded if that jog actually amps me up more and then I come back and usually it's a good stress relief for me, but I do know that I need to do more centered activities. I guess what I was trying to say when I first started was this is a personal preference and what might be enjoyable for me is not going to be enjoyable for everybody else. And so you really do have to pick something that you're going to keep up with that you enjoy. Because if you dread it day after day after day, you're probably not going to do it on the second or third day. Right. You're not going to do it in three or four weeks. So for me, I love, you know, hiking. I like bike riding. Like you said, I just basically like anything to do with nature. But if you had me like on a rigorous like row machine, like if you're like trying to tell me to do a row machine every other week, I would probably start ghosting you and like not That's the point your of the call. <laughs> right. We're all bio individuals, right? So you, yes, the exercise plans and meal plans are great if you want to get into shape for a month, but let's be real. That's not something that you're going to be able to sustain for years at a time. And so again, getting back into being very self-aware and figuring out what you need for that specific moment, that specific day, right? Like, yes, I do not love running, but there are days where I need a release and Pilates is not going to do it for me. So I will go and do some boxing, but I'm not boxing every day. 
And it is. It, it, and the other thing that I like to stress with my clients and even in this group program that I'm going to do is really get back to basics, get back to what really brought you joy as a child. You know, for me, I loved dancing. That makes me feel free. That makes me feel alive. So any type of movement like that makes me feel young again. Um, and so I think that's really important when you're thinking about what types of exercises should I be doing, like go back in time. And yeah, you might not be able to play soccer anymore, but let's find something else that makes you feel that exact same way. And I've also had a conversation with a therapist who suggested that dancing and rocking kind of in general is therapeutic for someone who's experiencing trauma or stress because it has that natural rocking movement, you know, kind of like rocking back and forth like you would if you were Baby. an animal trembling, yeah. you know? And so it is it is something that is very helpful for people, especially in situations of high stress. And if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to do it when you're already stressed out. You're going to make any excuse not to do it. So yeah, don't do things that you don't like. Okay, like that is rule number one of life. You do you girl. You know, this is our time here is so short. And we shouldn't be spending our time doing workouts that just that don't do it for us. There's so many options out there. The last thing I want to talk to you about is mindset. Mm -hmm. And it's really funny because this is something that I feel like I'm pretty comfortable talking about. Limiting mindsets when it comes to a career transition or limiting mindsets when it comes to even starting your own side hustle. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I've read a bunch of personal development. I, I feel like I have this completely you know, figured out in my head. But then when it came to my own health, I started to forget any of the lessons that I had learned in other aspects of my life. And I had a really big limiting mindset about what I was able to do, what I was able to achieve, whether or not I was able to not eat, you know, a bean and cheese burrito just because I was stressed out at two o'clock that afternoon. And I know that you really specialize in helping people understand their limiting mindsets when it comes to all areas of life. Yes. So that is one thing in, you know, my time doing this that has definitely been weighing heavy on my heart because again, I am a health coach, right? So when you hear that, you definitely think like diet and exercise. And what I was noticing with all of my one-on-one -on -one clients is that, yeah, they did want to lose weight and they did want to eat better and exercise more, but they kept telling themselves these like limiting thoughts, limiting beliefs. And I think what happens is, you know, everyone in their life goes through some sort of traumatic experience or hard time. And those experiences are all different. But the one thing that's constant is the pain. And those experiences kind of put these narratives in our head of like what we can and cannot do. Um, and so for an example, I had one client tell me, actually a teacher, you know, I really want to get out of teaching, but I've been in this for 10 years, so I just don't know how I'm going to do it. And my question to her was, why? Who told you that, right? Or I had another client say, I really want to stop breastfeeding because this is just sucking the life out of me, but I feel like I'm going to be a terrible mother. Well, who told you that too? I don't think you're going to be a terrible mother. So there are these narratives that we are constantly telling ourselves and that are holding us back from really living an expansive life and that are negatively impacting our health and well-being. So I actually created a group program called Limitless, Learning to Let Go, where we identify your current limiting beliefs and understand how they affect your overall health and well-being. 
And then, you know, we draw connections between your past self and your present self and see how that plays a, a role in your health. And then I think it's important along with, you know, figuring out what your ideal life looks like to really start rewriting your life narrative so that you are empowered to move from a place of exploration instead of fear. That's super crucial. And I think, I mean, one of the key factors to success is actually believing that the end result is achievable. Because if you don't believe ultimately that you can lose the 15 pounds or that you ultimately can figure out how to move to a new city and be successful in that new city, once you start to hit those roadblocks, you're going to give up really quickly if you don't believe that it's actually possible for you. So figuring out what it is that's stopping you from understanding very real and easy to believe truths. Yes, you can figure that out. You know, millions of people figure that out every day. Why do you think you can't figure that one thing out? Is right. so important. And but it's hard for people to even recognize in themselves, myself included, you know, I I have all of these people that I constantly am helping with like I just said, you know, moving to a new city. I've had people in the teacher career coach course ask me, well, why would I move to San Francisco? I, they're offering me a job, but I can't do that. And I was like, well, is it, you know, is it enough money that it would make it worth it for you to move? And they said, yes. And it's a great opportunity. It would be, you know, um, a lot more money than I'm making right now in the city that I'm living in. And I've always wanted to live there. And I'm like, okay, do you have kids? Is your husband not able to move? Like, what is it? And it, this was a single woman in her mid to late twenties. It's like, girl, like, this is a time, this is the time for you to do those types of things. But we get so afraid of change and we're so afraid of failure that we're mm -hmm. afraid to continue to like grow and become better people because of it sometimes. Yeah, and we're doing ourselves a disservice by not taking that leap of faith, right? And it's really scary. I always say you're like a lobster without its shell. When you do take that leap of faith, it's very uncomfortable and it's scary, but you are moving from an empowered, expansive place. And that really is the goal of life, right? You don't wanna look back and think, shoot, I should have moved to San Francisco and taken that job. What if? You know, we don't want to have those what if thoughts. So it's really important to start digging deep, becoming aware of these beliefs and, and start rewriting your, your life so that you can move from that place. And also, again, creating your self-care toolkit because these thoughts are always going to come up. And if you don't have a good foundation of how to overcome these thoughts, you're, always, you're going to be paralyzed, right, in this very small box. Jane, this has been such a great conversation. I wish that I could have you on for 10 more hours, but I know I probably will have you return on the podcast in the very near future. But for anybody right now who wants to join either your Limitless program, if you are listening to this in real time as it's released, or if they want to work with you one-on-one -on -one in any sort of capacity, where can they get a hold of you and find you? Yes. So you can get a hold of me on either my website, health-space.com, or on my Instagram, healthspaceca, as in California. Again, that's healthspaceca. 
on Instagram, if you want to join the Limitless program, I am actually offering a special for your teacher career coach listeners. So you can just DM me and let me know that you heard me on here. Um, and I will provide that special pricing to you. But I, I am so excited, Daphne, that you have this podcast, because I think it's really important to talk about the hard things, right? And um, really dig deep and let people know that they're not alone. No, I don't even know how to respond to that. That's so sweet. <laughs> Thank you so much. No, really. A lot of a lot of people silently suffer. And here you are telling them, it's okay, you're suffering. And here are all these solutions. Let's do this together. Let's have a community. Let's hold each other accountable and support each other. And as women, that's all we want, right? We want to know that we're not alone. We want to hear like we're heard and seen. And I think it's just incredible that you're doing this. You are giving them the space that they need to to kind of sort through this this hard, yucky stuff. You uh, took my breath away. I didn't know what to say for the first time in forever. And I just appreciate <laughs> you so much. And I'm so happy that I got to have you on and share your voice and your expertise with this audience, but that I continue to get to work with you in the future. You, you're great. You're a rock star. Keep killing it. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Bye. I highly recommend following Jane on Instagram at healthspaceca for tips to help you combat your stress. As always, if you're enjoying listening to the Teacher Career Coach podcast, please consider leaving a rating and review to help other teachers find this support. We'll see you on the very next episode.